We want to welcome you to the Reformed Informants. This is a podcast devoted to biblical exposition, systematic theology, and practical application for the good of the church. I'm Lance Burrows. And I'm TJ Darty. And we are the Reformed Informants. No baby at the moment. Another week, man. Wait, wait on this thing to happen. I mean, you you gotta be you you gotta be ready for this to happen. Just for I remember like all the angst, the anticipation, like every morning, like all right, how how you feeling today, that kind of thing. But you know, Lindsay, Lindsay is way more ready than you. Oh man, dude, she's so uncomfortable at this point. I, I feel so bad for her. Seriously, can't sleep. Uh, you know, it's so difficult to walk, get around in the car, all of those things, mm-hmm. man. Un- un- unbelievable. I-, I don't know how she's pulling it off, man, but she is. It's it's unreal. Our wives, I mean, ever you know, women always say they're tougher than men or whatever, but like I know that our wives doing what they do, allowing us, I told Chloe last night that she she does so many things that allow me to do the, the work that God's called me to do, to, to preach, uh, getting to, to do the ministry that we do here on the podcast, all the reading, all the research. Um, I I, I love being a dad, spending time with my daughters, uh, but my wife is the one that does all the caretaking, the the hard work so that I can do those things. And it's, man, it's such a gift. And I know that your wife does the same. Uh, we are blessed, blessed beyond measure, man. And those those women, are they're saints. They, they really are. Yeah, man, I, I, I'm married way, way above anything I ever, you know, imagined. <laughs> But by the way, for those who are listening, this is my way of testing to see if Chloe's actually listening to the podcast. So uh, if she's not, then she's going to miss out on this on this, uh, you know, heaping of praise upon her. But if she is, hey, this I meant every word. All right. Yeah, man, I hear you. That's uh, that's actually a great (laughs) point, man. I appreciate you mentioning that. Well, uh, yeah, man, we've got the uh, the mics back out. Uh, we're, We're still in the pneumatology series. I mean, this is this is the sixth episode in the pneumatology series, man. And, um, gosh, it's, I, I want to say it's coming to a close, but in reality, you and I have kind of been texting off and on uh, over the past few days. And it seems like, man, we keep coming up with more episodes that, that we could throw in here. It's <clears throat> there, there's, we said this at the beginning, as we began to, to really delve into this, like there's just so much, uh, there's so much theology, so much rich conversation that can be had, and and conversation that needs to be had about the Holy Spirit, and I, in many ways, it feels like we are just ramping up. Um, so we'll we'll get as far as we can get uh, on Baby Watch, and then uh, we'll we'll reassess on the backside of of a little bit of a break. So uh, as long as we're in this thing, let's just keep plugging away. And tonight, uh, tonight, what do, what do we have tonight? What do we, what are we going with? Yeah, this is episode sixty four, a pneumatology part six. And we've titled this episode, The Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And man, if this isn't a controversial topic, I don't know what is. Yeah, we, we've got some things, uh, some things that we're going to have to address in this episode, uh, for sure. Uh, but the good news is that uh, I know you and I agree on, uh, on all these things, so that's going to make it easy for us. Uh, as we have this conversation. So let me just recap where we've been uh, thus far. Uh, so you you mentioned, Lance, this is episode six in the Pneumatology series, Pneumatology, uh, the study of the Holy Spirit, the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we've done five episodes prior to this. Uh, first, we began with uh, the episode kind of introducing us to the Holy Spirit, showing that he is the most misunderstood member of the Trinity, kind of picked at maybe why that might be the case. And then Beyond that, and in subsequent episodes, we've talked about the the person, the deity of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about the work the Holy Spirit does. We've talked about the Holy Spirit's relationship to the Father and the Son in the Trinity uh, in an episode that we entitled The Procession or Spiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and then last time, we talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruit that the Holy Spirit produces. And we did that expositional episode through Galatians 5. Uh, always my favorites, being able to talk through uh, passages the way we did last last time. So that that was always a, a blessing. But now today, back into a more systematic approach, uh, analyzing and studying the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so this this is an important conversation. Uh, but again, it's a conversation in the context of this pneumatology series. So if you haven't listened to previous episodes, it'd be helpful to have that background before we jump into this conversation. You know, when we 
record those biblical exposition episodes, like the Galatians 5 one, right, that we just did uh, last episode. Man, those, and this is to your point, uh, those are, are some of the most fun episodes that we do. And I would also add to that, those are some of the most downloaded episodes huh. that uh, that we have. Praise God. Uh, man, you know, so, man, we're, we're excited about that one. Of course, that one just released a few days ago. And, um, yeah, man, we're, we're excited to jump back into uh, the pneumatology series. Now, I, I mentioned I mentioned earlier that this this topic, this theme within pneumatology, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, th- this is highly controversial, I guess you could say, highly debatable. Um, however, we won't get into the weeds uh, in terms of this controversy on this episode. I think as we were texting this week, uh, we, we I think, landed on spending an entire episode on that controversy. So yeah, we'll touch on it, highlight it, uh, make it known. But I think, man, we're going to have to push that thing off to another one. Yeah. And the reason for that, when we get there, of course, if you're tuning in, you're interested in spiritual gifts, you're probably aware of this, but when we get to it, you'll realize there, there's a lot to be said, uh, a lot of questions to be answered. And really this episode is more so meant to be a general overview because when we're developing this particular doctrine of the Holy Spirit, uh, we we want to be able to address all the key themes, and the, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit is certainly to be included. So we have this episode here introducing us to uh, kind of the non-controversial parts of the Holy Spirit uh, in terms of the gifts, uh, but then there's this one section within this conversation that will probably require a full drill down, uh, and so that will likely have to be a separate episode uh, perhaps post baby, we don't know timeline yet, but, uh, definitely one that, uh, we'll, we'll preview, we'll tease tonight and then we'll get into it further down the road. So Lance, as we hop into this conversation, let, let's define some terms. So you, you've done, uh, you, you gave me some credit last week. I'm going to send it right back to you this week. You've put together, uh, a very, very structured guide for us. So I'm going to let you kind of, uh, lead us through this conversation. So, so start us with, defining some terms. What, what do we mean when we use this phrase, spiritual gifts or gifts of the Holy Spirit? Uh, is that a biblical term? Are we, uh, are, are we just imposing that on? What, what, do, you, what do you got? Yeah, when you, when you get to the New Testament, of course, uh, this is when um, we get a full explanation. Uh, we, get, um, we get informed, I guess you could say, on who the Holy Spirit is and what his work looks like. So part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is spiritual gifts. In other words, the Holy Spirit himself is giving unique and supernatural gifts to Christians. And I'll put it this way with some sort of a formal definition. Spiritual gifts are God-given gifts that are sovereignly distributed by the Holy Spirit to each individual Christian for the edification of the body of Christ and the church, the body of Christ, the church, right? So this entire episode is basically building out a theology of gifts of the Spirit. What do we mean when we say gifts of the Spirit, and what does that look like in the life of a believer? Okay, so to summarize what you're saying there, just want to make sure that I've hit the, the highlights Essentially, these gifts are, uh, they are spiritual in nature. Uh, in other words, they're not, I'm not opening a present physically. Okay. They're spiritual in nature. They are, uh, granted to us by the Holy Spirit. Hence, we say gifts of the Spirit. So they are gifts from the Holy Spirit that are, uh, given to every single believer, for the purpose of building up the saints. So in other words, every, uh, the, the purpose of these gifts is to, uh, to serve and to, um, build up, edify, encourage, uh, other believers and the work of the kingdom. That's essentially what we mean when we talk about that. Yeah, that's super helpful. And I just want to highlight one point off of that. And that would be your point uh, where you, you said that those gifts are used for the edification or the building up of other believers in the church. 
spiritual gifts are not used for the individual that has the gift. In other words, mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. gift is not used for me. My gift is to be used and exercised for other believers in my church, for other believers, you know, such as you, TJ, uh, for your mm-hmm. family. My gifting is not for me. I, I have the gift. It has been graced. It has been given to me, but it is not uh, for my own uh, edification. It's for the others in the church. I think it's critical that we understand that because, and I think this probably goes into the controversial episode, mm-hmm. because a lot of people have sort of done a 180 with the gifts of the Spirit and said, well, look, this gift is actually... It's all about me, and it's just not, biblically speaking. Yeah, and I love what you said there. I mean, uh, first uh, reference that came to mind, First Peter 4.10, uh, which I want to get into some of these texts which deal with this topic here in just a minute, but First Peter 4, verse 10 says, As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And uh, Lance, I think this goes back to, I think it was the first episode when we talked about the most misunderstood member of the Trinity. And we talked about how in some ways he's kind of the forgotten person of the Godhead. And we were kind of discussing part of the reasons for that and historically where that, why that's been. But one of the things that we observed was that the Holy spirit never puts the emphasis on himself, right? we talked about the Holy spirit points others to Christ. And so we said that the spirit reminds us of Jesus' teaching. The Spirit opens our eyes to Scripture, which ultimately points to the person of Christ. And so you have this this glorification, this deification of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit just points to them. And so in many ways, he, He shines a spotlight, not upon Himself, but upon others. And even in the way that spiritual gifts work, the same principle applies. It, it's not, hey, let's look at the person who has the gift, and then we praise the Holy Spirit, like, hey, look at this awesome gift. Uh, no, it's it's really about edifying the church, building up the church of which Christ is the head. And so again, everything the Holy Spirit does is meant to, in humility, point to the other persons of the Godhead. And so I think that we see that even in the way in which these spiritual gifts function. Uh, just really, really important to have that foundation in place. Dude, oh my goodness, man. I, I thought that's where you were going with that. I thought that, man, when you said you are going back to episode one of this series, oh man, I thought that's where you were going. I was hoping for it, dude. And you, oh man, you went there. I mean, that's, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Man, the the gifts of the the spirit are a reflection of his personality. You know, That's we right. we we tried to argue that he is a person. You know, he's described as a person in Scripture, but his entire work isn't even about himself. It's about mm. pointing others to Christ. Uh, John sixteen tells us so. Yeah, I mean, his gifts are a direct reflection of his personality. Man, I'm glad you highlighted that. Okay, so uh, on that note, since since we've kind of gone down this road talking about the Spirit's relationship to the Father and the Son, talk to me about the involvement of the Trinity when it comes to spiritual gifts. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 12, uh, says that, of course, I've just lost my reference here. Um, Okay, I've got the wrong reference. First uh, Corinthians talks about how the gifts come from the Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the Spirit is the one who uh, gives the gift. I think I had it backwards. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, that's why. Right. Yep. All, these are, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. Uh, I, I told you, side note, I told you before we started, I left my Bible in my office. I'm using Chloe's Bible. I can't navigate it if it's not mine. So anyway, 1 Corinthians, if you're listening, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, uh, says that spirits come by the Holy Spirit. So we've seen the Spirit's role in this, but how do the Father and the Son play into this conversation when we're talking about spiritual gifts? Man, it's, it's funny. It's funny about the you know, not having your normal Bible. Like we were talking about this before we hit record. We were also talking about this before we hit record with the last episode. Like I- I'm terrified to, <laughs> I guess you could say like do an informal Q and A or to teach a class where, you know, there it's, it's interactive. I'm, I'm almost terrified to not have 
the same yeah. copy of the scripture that I've had for like the last 12 years because I'm so just, familiar with it, you know, just sticks in there. Yeah. I'm, I feel I'm like fumbling around over here, giving wrong references and reading verses that don't have anything to do with spiritual gifts. So first Corinthians chapter 12, verse 11, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, man. So this is a test. This is a test to see if TJ really knows what he's talking about here, man. <laughs> and so far not going well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he had to pick up where uh, you left off. Yeah, of course, uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit, his gifts. But uh, the New Testament uh, clearly demonstrates that God, the Father, and Christ, the Son, are also simultaneously involved in, in the gifting and the giving of these gifts. Um, in, in particular, I'll take God, the Father, you turn it over to Ephesians 4 to, to take yep. Christ. But in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, TJ talked about verse 11. But if you go back just a handful of verses to verse 6, uh, the, the text says, And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So in verses 4, 5, and 6, Paul's basically outlining, look, there's a diversity of gifts. There's, there's differences of ministries. Uh, there's uh, diversities and activities, but all of those come through the same God. And there he's referring to God the Father. Yep, and we see the same thing. It took me a while, but I found my way over to Ephesians chapter 4 <laughs> in this other Bible. But in Ephesians 4, uh, we see the same thing dealing with the Son. Uh, because in verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 4, it says, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of of Christ's gift. And then it says, therefore it says, where when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And then a little bit later in verse 11, we see that he, that is Christ, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ. And so again, we see Trinitarian activity here. We've said this before with the acts of creation, the act of salvation, and and here are yet another example. There's there's intertrinitarian involvement in the administration of the gifts. Now they are particularly associated with the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is not working uh, outside of the bounds of the Trinity. Right, the, the the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all active in this, and I, I think that that's really helpful uh, for us. Uh, now. Lance, there's there's something else that you, you've highlighted here that that we need to discuss, and we've already kind of touched on it. But uh, does every Christian have a gift? How how do I know if I have one? Is there a chance maybe like I got left out? Uh, it, it, I mean, how do I know that I particularly have a gift? Maybe that guy over there like has like a bunch, and I don't know if I have one. Talk to me about this. How, how do how do we uh, understand Christians and our, uh, our our actual repertoire of spiritual gifts. Yeah, so we um, that, let's first let's establish that there, there are only three places in the New Testament that talk about spiritual gifts. I, I think we've quoted at least from all three of them so far in this episode. You quoted from Ephesians four. You talked about First Peter four ten earlier, and then of course First Corinthians twelve. But First Corinthians twelve highlights the reality that every Christian has a spiritual gift. Paul makes that he he makes that crystal clear. In fact, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 uh, says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So really that one verse alone answers two questions. One, it answers the question, well, does every Christian have a spiritual gift? Well, Yes, Paul makes that clear, okay? But secondly, it also tells us who that spiritual gift is for. Mm -hmm. Let me read that again and see if you, you can catch those. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, But the manifestation of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay, so Paul, again, lays that out. There's no ambiguity there. Um, Paul isn't masking something. This isn't cloudy. This isn't murky. He, he, he makes it clear. Look, everyone has a spiritual gift. 
and they're to be used for all people. It's it's for others' edification. Yeah, I, I love that you you said that there in First uh, Corinthians chapter twelve. And again, I'm going to go back to the verse that I read earlier from uh, from First Peter chapter four. Again, answering those same two questions. I mean, you see it in First Peter uh, four ten as each has received a gift. Okay, so the each there isn't each individual person. In all of humanity, it's each individual believer. He's speaking right. in particular of those who are in Christ. He says, each have received a gift, use it to serve one another. So there's an imperative here. Do this thing. Actively g- give your gift function. <laughs> use it. And use it to serve one another. As we said earlier, uh, Lance, you highlighted this, to edify uh, to encourage, to build up, to serve. It, it is for the good of the church. And then he says, he closes as good stewards of God's varied grace. So mm-hmm. there's this there's this responsibility that you have with this spiritual gift in order to serve. In other words, the, the analogy that Paul gives um, in multiple places, but in, in particular, 1 Corinthians, he, he talks about one body. Mm-hmm. There's a body that has many parts. And so there's, if you've got people who are the feet and they're not moving, they're not doing what they're supposed to do, then the body is is crippled. The body stands still. If you've got people who are supposed to be the eyes and they're not doing their job, well, then the body can't see. And, and you think about the human body, how easy it is for one thing to go wrong and the ability to function is significantly diminished. Now, you can still get by, you can still survive, but there's no ability to thrive. And the same concept is here, that we are each to be good stewards of that which we've been given by the Holy Spirit. And that's, man, that's something, I, I don't know about your experience, but that's something that's very, very obviously lacking in many, many churches. You, you've got so many people who have gifts, who have these opportunities to serve. They have these these areas where they're gifted and strong. And in, in in many ways, they have gifts that many of us don't have and the body needs them. And many people aren't good stewards of their, uh, of their spiritual gifts. And instead they don't use it to serve one another. They just don't use it at all. Man, you made a lot of good points there. Um, Sorry, and, I just started talking and it just all kind of came out. So you gotta you gotta dissect what all, whatever I said. Yeah. That stuff's not on the guy, man, but that we want Sorry. the freestyle there. Um, no, but you you made some great points. I appreciate you saying those things. And just to bounce off of you there, um, like we often do on the podcast, I, I would just say, look, uh, if you look at the context of First Corinthians as a whole, but really First Corinthians twelve through fourteen, when Paul is dealing with spiritual gifts, many of the points that you just mentioned were why Paul wrote that section. Mm-hmm. You know, people were claiming. Um, certain gifts and and using them to build themselves up. They they were trying to use uh, the, their so called gifting uh, f- for themselves. Um, others weren't exercising their gifts correctly for the body or other members in the church, uh, w- which we see that happening so often now. Uh, you know, to to your point, TJ. Um, but we want to establish here that. Uh, spiritual gifts are given by God, Christ, and the Spirit. All of them are, are working, as you mentioned, and as we see in Scripture. Every single Christian has one, and it is to be used and exercised. Now, now let me ask you this, TJ, because I do think that there are some different views on this. Uh, if you fall more in line with the charismatic Pentecostal assembly of God teaching on this issue, when do Christians receive their spiritual gift? I mean, is this like a Amazon overnight situation here? Um, no, you know, yeah, what, what does this look like? Yeah, this is a, this is an important question, and and really, you're again, we're teasing uh, this this secondary discussion that we're going to have to have in a future episode. Uh, because as you said, Lance, there are some who would who would teach that there's a what's often referred to as like a second baptism or a baptism of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there's like your conversion, and then a little bit later, you have this manifestation, often very visible and physical and noticeable. 
And at that point, you receive a spiritual gift. But we we would deny that. Uh, we would say, and and I say we because I know you're on the same page with me on this, that the spiritual gift comes at the moment of conversion. Uh, because at the moment of conversion, who indwells you hmm. but the Holy Spirit? You're sealed. At that moment, the Spirit comes upon you, and you are gifted as each has been given a gift, as Peter says, each has received a gift. And part of that gift is the presence of the Holy Spirit. But more than that, you have this manifestation of a specific spiritual gift uh, that is used to edify other believers. You get it? <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> just just have one of those nights. Let's just let's just roll. Yeah, dude, are you? Yeah, I meant to ask you before we hit record. Are you, are you sick over there? You sound a little congested, yeah, just, man. Yeah, just got some just got some allergies going on, I think. And it's oh, it's so annoying. Gosh, is I'm fine. We- I'm fine. Is it that weather change or is it, it is. is it because Kentucky didn't make the big dance or we, we don't need to talk about that. Let's move on. <laughs> I saw that man. You're the first person I thought of. What's up with? I haven't paid any nine, attention. A little sidetrack nine, here, but what's the deal? Nine, nine wins on the season. We had more. We had more five star recruits on our team than we had wins. I mean, it's, oh my I, goodness! I don't know, man. It was it was a disaster of a season. We're we're looking forward to next year. All right. Yeah, man. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> back to the back to the episode here. Yeah, I, I appreciate you saying that. And yeah, scripture is clear that the moment of salvation is when Christians receive spiritual gifts, because as you mentioned, that's the moment, that instantaneous moment uh, where, where a Christian receives the Holy Spirit for salvation. You know, regeneration, all of those things we'll talk about in uh, the future episodes. Um, yep. But but I think it'll be helpful, and here's what we're going to do the rest of the episode. One, we are, um, we're, we're just going to identify the New Testament uh, treatment on this, um, and what I mean by that is we're just going to lay out uh, the four passages, including Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. We're going to lay out these four passages that give us lists of spiritual gifts, okay? That give us lists of the different spiritual gifts. Now, before I do that, since you commented on this before we hit record, is this an exhaustive list? You know, so as we work through the list of spiritual gifts that we find in the New Testament, does this mean these are the only gifts? I don't think so. Um, I, you and I chatted about that a little bit beforehand, and uh, I think we agree on this. Is this. These lists are more representative. We've said that in previous episodes, previous discussions, that most of the time when we see lists of this sort, it's not comprehensive. And I think the strongest argument that I would make for that is that as we unpack these passages, you'll see that the lists aren't perfectly overlapping one another. In other words, there are some distinctions, like one list will include this gift, another list doesn't. And if they were meant to be exhaustive, then that means that only certain churches, like the church in Rome has access to five gifts, the church in Corinth has 12, and uh, the church in Ephesus has seven. Like That's not really the case. But we can look at them all together and say, hey, look, these are the types of gifts uh, that we see. And there are some spiritual gifts that I can think of that aren't specifically stated in Scripture, but are certainly helpful and useful in the church. And so uh, I think that we're more so getting uh, just an, an overview or just a preview of what types of gifts there are. Um, so uh, agree, disagree, thoughts on that? No, I agree with that. And we mentioned as an illustration before we hit record that, you know, Paul often gives lists of sins. You know, we talked Mm -hmm. about that in Galatians 5. You can see another list in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 um, and other places in the New Testament where where Paul, you know, he, he will mention half a dozen or so sins, but it's not an exhaustive list. You know, he isn't meant, or he's not meaning rather to, I identify every sin. And I think that, that would be true of the gifts, specifically the uh the permanent gifts. Okay. Okay, um, what do you what do you mean what do you mean by permanent? If we're gonna if we're gonna start talking about these gifts, you got you got a couple categories in mind for us? Yeah, so um we we believe and uh, th- that the scripture teaches that there are two categories of gifting. Two categories of gifting. One would be permanent gifts. Permanent gifts. In other words, these are gifts that not only existed 
during the time of the apostles and the New Testament, but they currently exist in the church age today, like right now, those those permanent okay. gifts. Okay, so when you say permanent, you're not meaning permanent as in I get to keep it permanently. You're talking permanent in the sense of the age of yep. the church. Okay, so that's that's permanent. And then the other category being, I'm assuming, temporary. Right. Temporary gifts being those that that uh, uh, only last through the apostolic era, correct? Yeah, absolutely. We would say, uh, in terms of chronology, the temporary gifts uh, lasted um, during that apostolic age, beginning in Acts chapter 2, which was roughly around... Um, A.D. 30, A.D. 33-ish, all the way until the last apostle, the apostle John, who probably died about three years or so after he wrote the book of Revelation, which would be around A.D. 98. So we would say these temporary supernatural gifts were limited to a certain window of time, that that, that first century gap, um, about 60 years. Thoughts on that? Uh, totally agree. That's the that's the tease because <laughs> others would disagree with us, right? And and uh, we we would we want to be charitable in that and say that uh, others might disagree. Now we think they're wrong. We think we're right. That's why we that's why we hold what we do. Uh, and, and we'll we'll discuss uh, our reasons for that for that division. But I think it's helpful, Lance, to at least have those categories in play yeah. uh, as we hop into these lists. So h- how do you want to do this? You 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 lead the way when we're thinking through uh, the types of gifts that we see, uh, do you want to read through the list and then identify which ones are permanent, which ones aren't? How, how do you want to do it? Yeah, let's just, uh, <clears throat> we'll just begin here by reading um, all of the gifts and where okay. they're found in particular. So again, uh, there's different portions of scripture where we have these short lists uh, that the New Testament authors, and in particular, it's just Paul by the way, that gives us these lists, which, mm-hmm. which I don't think is, uh, you know, uh, by, by happenstance. I think that's providential because I think he was dealing with this a lot, man. Yep. Um, yeah. So I'll, I'll take, uh, I'll take the first one here and then send it back your way. <clears throat> but in Romans chapter 12, verses six through eight, Paul lists prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, leading, and showing mercy. Okay, so th- that's that's Romans twelve. That's correct. Okay, First Corinthians twelve. We have a different list. We see this in verses eight to ten of First Corinthians twelve. These are gifts that Paul identifies there. He speaks of words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, distinguishing of spirits tongues and interpretation of tongues. Yeah, then if you drop down to verse 28 through 30 of 1 Corinthians 12, we come across apostles, prophets, teachers, miracles, healings, helps, administrations, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Okay, so there's some some overlap there. We see some uh, some some gifts that are in both of those lists, but again, not all of those uh, are identical. And then the the last list we find is in Ephesians chapter 4, where we see the gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. Okay, so we've got those four different accumulated lists. Again, none of them in particular exhaustive. Even the combination of them we would say is not necessarily exhaustive rather it's representative of the types of of gifts that uh, that the Holy Spirit may give to individual believers so with that in mind Lance how, how do we think about this division of those which are permanent and temporary do do we just like flip a coin how, how do we how do we determine whether or not this w- w- which type of category we're dealing with yeah well first first let me say, we we got that list from uh, Tom Pennington's sermon series that he did on Romans chapter 12. Um, yeah, if you go to countrysidebible.org, you go to the media section and you type in gifted to serve, gifted to serve. 
I think it's a five or six part sermon series on that portion of Romans, but he also spends a good deal of time dealing with spiritual gifts. So we, we pulled that chart from that series, but if you're wanting more than you're going to get here, like a lot more, you, you yeah. want to check out that resource. And, and to that point, I would add that you also need to pick up a copy of Understanding Spiritual Gifts by Robert L. Thomas. By Robert L. Thomas. Again, it's Understanding Spiritual Gifts. He walks through 1 Corinthians 12 <clears throat> through chapter 14 and basically just lays out a, a simple, clear, biblical case for understanding spiritual gifts, of course, which is the mm. title of the book. Clever title, if that's his goal, right? Um, shameless, shameless plug here too. I guess it really wouldn't be shameful, but Pastor Tom Pennington is a tremendous scholar and teacher of the Word of God. Uh, you are blessed, my friend, to sit under his teaching. Uh, that's where we met was sitting under his teaching, and so that resource, Countryside Bible dot org slash media. Uh, did I get that right? That's yep. that's go there and just absorb teaching. There's just so much depth. Uh, so I can't recommend his stuff enough. I, I, I always hop on and see if he's preached a passage and I'm in because he just does such a good job with the text. So um, anyway, I would I would wholeheartedly affirm that. And I'm thankful that we were able to to utilize uh, that that chart that he provided for your for your church family. Yeah, man. Classic, classic Pennington right there. Yeah, wow. very much so. Okay, so um, back to the division of gifts. So we have permanent gifts and we have temporary gifts. Okay, so we're just going to briefly walk through these permanent gifts and then we'll get into the temporary ones and we'll make some comments here and there about each one of these. Um, of course, if something comes up, um, we, we may go off on a tangent here or there. Uh, but I think for the most part, we've got these laid out in a simple, straightforward, um, concise way, just to give a bird's eye view um, and just kind of dabble and touch on uh, on these gifts. Mm -hmm. Anything you want to add to that intro? No, I'd, I'd, uh, I I love that. Uh, no, I, I, I got nothing to add. You take us away. OK, so let's start. Let's start with the permanent gifts. Again, these are the gifts that we believe um of course, began in the first century, um, but also continue in the church age now and will continue until Christ returns. Um, so these aren't in any particular order here, but let's just kick it off here by, by talking about the gift of administration, the gift of administration. So uh, I think we could at least say, um, actually, let me, let, me, let, me, let me step back here. So we could divide up the permanent gifts into two categories. Okay. Speaking gifts and serving gifts. Speaking gifts and serving gifts. So within the permanent category, there's two subcategories, speaking okay. and serving gifts. So I think administration, um, gosh, I don't know, dude, that, that could essentially go under both, uh, <laughs> I think. A little combination of both. Um, but we would just say, I think, it was generally speaking that the gift of administration deals with leading or governing Christians towards accomplishing God's will. So the, the, there's maybe a leadership function uh, within this okay. gift. Uh, again, that isn't uh, this entire gift isn't defined in multiple places of Scripture, so it, it is hard to one degree to label this one, but that's at least mm -hmm. where I would go initially to start with this. Okay, and you're going to find that on two of those lists, I, I believe, right? Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12? Right. Okay. Um, okay. Another another gift. This one clearly a speaking gift uh, is the gift of evangelism. See that in the Ephesians four gift. Now the gift of evangelism is is I I really am glad you included this on here for us to discuss because it is a distinct ability as you put this mm. to explain and apply the gospel to unsaved people. Now in some sense. We are all evangelists. We are all to take the gospel uh, to those who are uh, unsaved. And really, none of us are have the uh, excuse or 
the car, we can't play the card that says, well, that's not my gift. You know, that's someone else's. But some are just really gifted at it. Some just have this unique ability to make it mm-hmm. so cl- clear and plain and presentable to an average person at an individual level. And that's the gift of evangelism. Yeah, that's so great, man. There, there's a couple of people at Countryside, one in particular that I think of that goes out and evangelizes every Friday night. Mm. And his heart and passion and desire is evangelism, you know, mm. and, and, and in, the gift, in the gifting sense, you know. It's yep. not just sharing the gospel with someone at the grocery store, etc. Right. But he clearly has the gift of evangelism. It, it is distinct. It is unique. There, mm-hmm. uh, uh, this is something that, um, that really characterizes his spiritual life and who he is. Well, yeah, man, that's good. That's good. What else you got? Yeah, well, to, to keep us moving here, exhortation, the gift of exhortation. That's found in Romans chapter 12, verse 8. And uh, we believe that this gift... Uh, calls people to holiness through admonishment and encouragement. So exhorting people to be Christ-like, encouraging people to pursue holiness, to pursue godliness, again, in a unique way. You know, this isn't me just encouraging TJ over the mic. This is something that characterizes that individual. And man, you, you know those people. Like there are people that just come to mind. I know those people in my congregation when I'm, I'm just feeling low. Those people just always have a way uh, to be able to come through to encourage me, uh, to to tell to to point me to Christ. Say, look, don't don't stop. Like, keep going. And if I step off track, I got some some men that I know of that are just right there to tell me, hey, you need to you need to pick it up. Uh, that's the gift of exhortation. Uh, another permanent gift, gift of giving. Now, this one again, like the gift of evangelism. All of us have been called to give. Like there's this there's this idea in which uh, part of being a believer is that our lives become a life of giving. I mean, even the use of a spiritual gift is giving that gift to the church. It's it, there's a financial, uh, a stewardship, a time, uh, uh, just give, give, give. Like that's part of who we are. But there are some who have, according to Romans twelve eight, just a supernatural, spirit filled mm. gift and ability to give sacrificially above mm. and beyond with hearts, with generous hearts uh, th- that just really marks them, uh, sets them apart. It's unique. It's, and it's not, I don't know if we've said this enough. It's not because that person is such and such. They're so good at this. It's because they have a yeah. gift. Yeah. Uh, it's been given to them by the Holy spirit to do those things. So when I see people who are especially gifted in these areas, um, there, there's a part of me that's like, Oh, I wish I could do that. And to a degree, like, yeah, I can, I can work towards that end. But at the end of the day, like that's not them. It's not me. That's the Holy spirit. Yeah. Next, uh, next, uh, permanent gift would say would be the gift of service or the gift of serving, uh, the gift of ministering. You could you call it a couple different things there. Um, but this again is the unique supernatural ability to help serve for the needs in the church. This is the person that it seems like is everywhere doing some Mm. sort of act of service. It's like, dude, do you ever eat or sleep or see your family? You know, (laughs) Uh, you know, again, this isn't, this isn't general service. Like we're all called to do in the church, but we want to highlight the fact that these gifts are unique. It, it characterizes their life. Um, you can easily see this in them. Um, their, their life is patterned after these gifts. Um, so yeah, that's what we would say for this one. Yeah, another <clears throat> another permanent gift, very similar and related, is the gift of mercy. Uh, now, the gift of mercy, um, specifically, as you've uh, highlighted here, is someone who assists in spiritual and physical and emotional needs and in particular, I, I often think of those who are just able to extend mercy towards someone who mm-hmm. has wronged them or towards someone. Uh, have you ever gone into a conversation, Lance, and just known, like, oh, I don't want to have to say what I'm about to have to say to this person. Like, I don't want to have to be the one that bears this news. I've failed. I've messed up. Or I'm bearing bad news to someone else, and I have to deliver it. And and just having someone receive that and just be able to extend mercy back to you and say, you know what, I'm 
I'm going to let that go this way or whatever else because they're gifted in this area and they've, they've been able to uh, sense a need and, and to assess it and to be able to assist in it. And so, uh, again, it's one of those gifts that supernatural from the Holy Spirit and you know it when you see someone uh, who has it. Man, that's a great explanation of that one, dude. Wow. Um, you clearly have the gift of teaching. That that is <laughs> <laughs> set you up, didn't I? No, but didn't know here, what here's, you were doing there. Yeah, here's what I want to highlight before we move on to the uh, temporary gifts. We talked about administration, leading or governing Christians towards accomplishing God's will, evangelism, distinctly being able to explain and apply the gospel, exhortation, calling people to holiness, giving, supernaturally giving to the church, serving, helping people within the church, mercy. Again, helping people within the church. What about those definitions has anything to do with self? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, even by e- definition. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Even by definition, these gifts are defined in a way where every one of them is for someone else. I mean, th- hmm. there just isn't one within the New Testament that's about self. Again, that's a testimony to the Spirit, and that's a testimony to what He wants to do in the life of a believer. Yeah, that's uh, that's vital, especially whenever we, you know, we make that claim at the beginning of the episode, but then you start to actually look at each and every one of these gifts, and all of them, like you said, like there's no question that every single one of them is, uh, is meant to uh, be used for the building up of others. And so, um, okay, now when we get into these temporary gifts we, we just we don't have time to, to right. run through all these right so this is this is for a future episode uh but but real quick let me let me just kind of highlight the ones that you've listed here on this on this list and again we'll have to come back and do this separately but you've got listed here among the temporary gifts the gifts of being an apostle uh that of distinguishing the spirits uh gifts of healings miracles prophecy tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of wisdom, and word of knowledge. So these are this supernatural ability often dealing with sign gifts, like physical manifestations of things like healings, miracles, tongues, or uh, gifts related to the revelation of typically of scripture, but certainly a revelation of God's word. And so you're dealing with things like the apostles, the uh, the gift of prophecy, this word of knowledge, this word of wisdom. Um, those are things which are specifically dealt with as the Bible is being canonized. And then uh, the other the other sign gifts, those of healings and miracles and tongues, those were a means by which the scripture was being validated. And again, we'll, we'll come back to this, but those had a specific purpose for a specific window of time. And that window, as we would argue, Lance, has been closed. Uh, And so those gifts are no longer operable in the church. Now, that does not mean, here I go off on my my pulpit tangent for the day, uh, but that does not mean that the Holy Spirit does not do supernatural work. That does not mean that we don't have the, we won't see miracles. That doesn't mean we may not see healings. All it means is the actual physical gifts uh, of the, or the actual spiritual gifts as laid out there in scripture uh, do not reside in believers today the way they would have uh, during the first century. So uh, these, these were temporary for the apostolic era. Again, we'll come back to that. Uh, but the gifts that we talked about earlier, they're not as glamorous. They're not as fascinating, but those are the ones that have endured for 2,000 years. Those are the ones that the Holy Spirit in his sovereignty has decided would manifest themselves in the church today. And so those are the ones that we see even now. Yeah, that's man, that is a great explanation of the temporary gifts. If I could put it another way, I would say all of the temporary gifts, the, the nine gifts that you listed are revelatory gifts. Yeah. In other good. words, they are all in some shape, form, or fashion linked to God's revelation of the New Testament. In other words, God revealing his truth through the apostles <coughs> to be canonized or written down, which ultimately becomes our New Testament. 
know, therefore, since the New Testament has been written and it is closed, those gifts were no longer necessary. Uh, right. you, you, you touched on that. So th- that's why we've said that those gifts are temporary because they were used for a specific time and a purpose. Where on the flip side, those permanent gifts were always meant to be used throughout the eternal, or not the eternal, but uh, throughout the church age. Uh, yep. And until Christ returns. So I think we'll touch on that more uh, when, when we do a specific episode on the temporary gifts, but I think that at least gets our mind stirring. But it also, I, I feel like, uh, answers a few questions that may be out there. Not all of them, because there are more, but uh, I feel like it was necessary to at least mention those points before we move on. Man, that's really good. Um, we're, we're, we're running out of time. Feels like we could talk about this for another hour and not even scratch the surface on it. So, Let's talk more practically as we wrap up here. Let me let me just ask you, very straightforward: Why do spiritual gifts matter? Like, what, what's is this a big deal for Christians? Is this is this an important conversation for us to have in the local church today? Yeah, they absolutely matter. And uh, my homework assignment for our listeners would be go read First Corinthians chapter twelve, because Paul likens spiritual gifts to a human body. And mm-hmm. if all internal and external organs and bones, ligaments, you name it, every part of your body, if something's wrong with one section or one part of it, it's not, it's not going to function correctly. Mm-hmm. So Paul says, look, you have to use your gifts for the entire body of Christ to function properly within, within the local church. In other words, you know, for TJ's people, everybody needs to pursue their own spiritual gifts for the sake of using them for the other believers in that congregation. And that's what's yes. producing a healthy church, or one component of it at least. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why, gosh, man, it's been a year, whatever, since we, we talked about the the dangers of neglecting the gathering, right? We talked about one of the, the shortcomings of this virtual church age. We, we, we talked through that. I mean, I can't remember what episode it was. It's crazy. It's been a year but we we responded to this whole, hey, can we stay at home and watch church online? And one of the many reasons why we rejected that idea, but one of them was because of the use of spiritual gifts. Uh, someone who has the spiritual gift of exhortation is not going to be able to do that over Facebook Live, right? Somebody who has this gift of serving or gift of mercy or the gift of teaching can't do that from their couch. And the body doesn't work if you take all the separate body parts and put them at home somewhere else. Like You have to bring them together for the body to be able to function. Uh, the only way that the knee works is if it's connecting the hip and the ankle. You know, like it's, it, that's, that's the only the, the only way that these body parts actually function together, uh, and sorry for my anatomy listeners out there, I know I probably skipped some uh, some important parts in between, but the idea still stands. We need to be able to be together for the 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 church for the the body to function appropriately. And so uh, we've said that this matters, and I think we're seeing all the more the reason that it matters so much uh, in the local church today. Um, so. Lance, that being said, let me let me kick one more question to you. Maybe we can wrap up with this um, before we hop into the initiative. But here I am listening. First time I've ever heard this. Uh, maybe I'm new new to the to the faith, or maybe I've been in the church that didn't promote this type of teaching. H- how do I know? You, you've said I have a gift. How do I know which gift I have? Could I have more than one? How, how do I how do I understand this? Yeah, that's great. And that's a great question. That's a great way to bring this episode to a close as well. Um, yeah, if you are a brother or sister in Christ, you have spiritual gifts, plural. Um, and what I mean by that is that, that, that you, you have more than one. I mean, I would say you at least have one. Okay. <laughs> there, yeah. there, there, yeah. There's, you know, there's no such thing as a Christian that isn't gifted. I mean, again, this is one of the main functions of the Holy Spirit's role in the Trinity and in the church. So you have a gift, and we've argued that you need to use it, but you need to know what that gift is in order to be able to use it, right? So we we've just kind of laid out some basic principles on how to determine what gift you have. So the first one that I would throw out would be 
but you just need to come to a basic understanding of all of the gifts. Mm-hmm. Come to a basic yeah. understanding of all the gifts. So go to a Romans 12, go to a 1 Corinthians 12, go to a 1 Peter 4 and Ephesians 4. Read those passages of Scripture, grab you a, a study Bible. We were talking about study Bibles before we hit record. Grab a study Bible, um, use that to help you understand. Ask the Spirit to help you understand more importantly. Ask Him to illuminate mm-hmm. the Word of God. Um and then I, those other resources that I mentioned, go listen to Tom Pennington's sermon series on Gifted to Serve. Buy Robert L. Thomas's book, Understanding Spiritual Gifts. Now, don't be like TJ and go out and spend, you know, 15, 20 bucks on a new book. Get on eBay and get that thing for like $4. Free Hey, ship. listen, if, if you're a new book snob, let's let's talk. All right? <laughs> I, I, need, I need to know who my new book snobs out there are. Okay. Cause I, we, we need a support group cause we can't afford our, all the books that we want. Yeah. Uh, that's not but, a spiritual gift by the way. But. <laughs> yeah. If you have the gift of giving and you'd like to contribute to my library, <laughs> please let me know. Um, yeah. I loved what you said there, Lance, especially about asking the spirit to illuminate the scriptures and to, to, to ask the spirit who is the author of the gifts to be able to make those things clear to you. But I would say in addition to that, I, I love these other uh, points that you've highlighted here that w- one of the best ways to discern and to understand where you're gifted is to just serve, yeah. just throw yourself in. And if, if you have the gift of teaching, it will come out uh, if you're willing and able and contributing and serving in the local church. And not only will it come out, but others will see it in you. And so others will affirm those things in you. I, I remember early on in, in uh, my early ministry days, I, I was struggling with what has God called me to do? How can I best serve in the church? Um, what, what is my life going to be like? And I remember others coming to me and saying, hey, I really appreciated the way that you explained the Sunday school lesson today. It was just really clear. It, it was just straightforward. And I remember thinking like, I didn't think I did anything different, uh, but they were affirming in me, hey, you're you're gifted in this like that. You presented in a way that I understood. Uh, and, and over time, I began to realize, oh, God has called me to use this for the good of the church. And so I, I'm not some incredible scholar, but I do think that, as you've mentioned, Lance, like we have uh, been given these gifts and this is one of those that I've been given. So I I got affirmation from others that I trusted, and that was really, really important. So um, being involved in the local church, being willing to serve, uh, especially in areas that that you're passionate, things that interest you, um, you know, look for that. And and I often tell my church members, the best ability is availability. And so if Mm. you're willing to serve, if you're willing to get in there and just serve, your spiritual gift will just the cream rises to the top. You will just find a way. So if you're willing to hop into four areas of ministry, you might be really gifted in two. And those two will, they will uh, energize you. And the two that you're not will drain you. And you'll know, hey, this is where I need to be. And if you're just excited about it, that's what's going to happen. So hop in, be willing to serve, uh, love the church. And those gifts will will, will become very clear uh, over the course of time. Yeah, that's good, man. I- I appreciate you mentioning that. And, you know, I, I guess as we, you know, put together, you know, just a, a, a little list here, and, and none of these are profound, you know, <laughs> right. you know, come to an understanding of what the Word of God says, pray about it, meditate on it, think about it, actually get your feet on the ground and go serve. And then you, you I think you could fourthly just just ask for some help. You know, people that know you, pe- people that may um, see something that you don't um, yep. and, and can point out ways in which you are exercising that gift and you may just not recognize it. Um, again, sim- simple principles to figure out what your gift is. Yeah, there's there's yeah, there's it's not rocket science. OK, uh, so Lance, let's let's close this thing down. Let's let's do a quick initiative and be out. Um, Man, if I had to, if I had to summarize or wrap this up, kind of give one takeaway, it would just be this: don't waste your spiritual gift. I mean, and be your spiritual gifts. Be a good steward of your gift. Be willing to serve um, 
I, I often think about what the church would look like, even just one church, if every single person, just in some capacity, used a gift of which oftentimes is not being used or, or is being underused, is being underutilized. So don't don't be don't be one of those people who waste what God has given you. Don't go and and bury your talent. Okay, use it. Serve the Lord. Uh, be a good steward, not just of your resources, not just of your time, but in this case, be a good steward of God's gift to you uh, for the good of the church. Yeah, I'm right there with you on my initiative, TJ. I would say find your gift, understand your gifting, and use it. Man, there are people in that local body, in that church, that need you, that that need you to get the fullness of what the church is intended to be. You know, if you're not using your gift and you're not showing up on Sunday morning, then that church isn't operating under uh, the fullness that it can. Mm. You've got to be there and you've got to exercise that gift week in and week out. Hey, hey, praise God, man. And as as awesome as this conversation has been, and I look for, we got several more to have now. I'm really fired up about uh, the future uh, episodes that we have yet to record, but I really hope we're not recording next week. I hope, I hope, uh, uh, new babies here on the way. And so if you're listening to this, okay. And you're, you made it to this point in the episode and you're not doing so make sure you subscribe to the podcast and take this little break, which might be a week or it might be a few weeks, depending on if baby Oliver shows up, but Make sure you get caught up on all our own episodes. You can go and listen to those on iTunes. You can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can give us a, an honest five-star review, help encourage, share, spread the word on our podcast. You can like us on Facebook at Reformed Informants. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at our underscore informants. And as always, you can find links to all of our social media platforms, our previous episodes, and any Reformed Informants gear at our website at www.themagistiesmen.com slash informants. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics of discussion, feel free to email us at reformedinformants at gmail.com.